from the no hoo-ha. There we go. Um, see nice. yuz tomorrow is pretty good. See yuz. I, um, a lot of things died during COVID, including one of the last great regional pizza huts in Bendigo, Octagonal. I'd ride, I'd drive past it every morning on my um, way to work. And at a certain point, COVID knocked her over. She still had the all-you-can-eat buffet with the soft serve, soft serve. And just to add injury, insult to injury, after it had been closed down for a while, some young fella spray-painted a big cock and balls on the empty Pizza Hut sign. And... um it was a particularly desolate image um, that that I that I had to confront every morning as I drove past the death of you know the nineties. At one time in the nineties, Mikhail Gorbachev himself appeared in a ad for Pizza Hut. It was a cultural phenomenon that defined the halcyon days of my childhood. And then it's just yet another victim of the worldwide pandemic, plus probably a bad business model, plus Domino's knocking it off. Do you think if the um, um, it was less octagonal and more square, it could have saved them? Survive. But I, to be honest, I think Pizza Hut entered in an inexorable slide probably in the late 2000s, late 2010s. Well, you know the, um, dominoes, the, the, the cock and ball lyric is actually also a um, reference to a Ginsberg poem, um, where he talks about cock and endless balls. I think it's how when we were younger, my good friend Josh, during the the, the heady days of uh, New Rave or the indie dance phenomenon, did an amazing remix of Justice Waters of Nazareth, sampling mm. Alan Ginsberg saying cock and endless balls. I'm just going to look this up. How? Yeah, it's in how. Read out. What's the quote? Read out the lines. With dreams, with drugs, with waking nightmares, alcohol and cock and endless balls. There's more, but I'm not going to keep reading it. Um, There's also a fascination for young men to draw cock and balls forever well into their adulthood in fact that's another that's another probably you know like you know i like this the stories of your schoolyard delinquency young ping (laughs) and one particular story i like is when you got suspended for um scrubbing a cock a cock and balls on the on the on one of the ovals it was a midwinter's day a tuesday and we worked out that if you scuffed your shoes on the grass, it created mud. And we, in a line of 40 students, drew a big, a big cock on the oval and then started putting a teacher's name in it. And I got in trouble. Everyone dobbed on me. I was the ringleader, supposedly. And then the um, Channel 7 was next to the school. And the Channel 7 chopper was going overhead. I think they might have, might have caught it on, on camera. And I guess the song is this juxtaposition of a stream of these quite 
idiosyncratic Australian or even Adelaidean uh, cultural references. And then, but it's got that line in there, deep time. And in the last few years, I read um, this book. I think you've read it as well, Ben, about the history of archaeology in Australia called Deep Time. And what it talks about a lot is just the, yeah, just the scale of time in this country, not well, pretty much in relation to Aboriginal civilization and 60,000 plus years and how long and almost unfathomable that is compared to the 250 years of our, um, the white colonization and also even just to, you know, Western history with Roman um, and Greek history only goes back to what, or recorded history, human history, 8,000 BC or something. So I think that's an interesting, interesting sort of juxtaposition in the, in the lyrical content of the song. Um, and lots of people shit with, shit with pens. Shit with pens? Yeah. With the cock and balls in the wall. Oh, yeah. How many people take a pen to the toilet? Um, yeah, have you ever drawn on, have you ever graffitied anything, Wells? No, not mine. Definitely not my style. No. We've got not, I, not, got, not really got any graph artists in the band, have we? Well, yeah. yeah. Dabbled, I'd say. Yeah, but there's nothing better than just a, just a profound line in a, in a real gross bathroom. Hmm. And the song itself is quite cyclical. It's just one riff, monoton- like monotonously repeated round and round again, and the, the progression sort of t- lends itself to just not finishing. Um, yeah. Slipping the subs? Question mark. The subs. Yeah, that, the um, dreams of, what is it? Yeah, dreams of... Um, I've been thinking about the um, yeah the fall of Eastern Russia. It doesn't really make sense because it's there's no real thing yeah. Eastern Russia. But fall about the Eastern Russia, but not great big. Yeah, I think that was around the time with all the nuclear fucking submarine BS. Um, and then yeah, the average man. It's it's quite it's always quite funny where the average person, which is most of us, really starts to try and think about nuclear. Philosophy, um, which is almost impossible for any anyone, even the best philosophers of all time, to get their heads around. And then it becomes like a tabloid article about, oh, we need to get, we got to get bloody nukes because because China's 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 coming. Let's get let's nuke up. Like, well, it makes it makes it makes it funny when that's what the Gupta Wyala line is about in reference to that because they. They won a contract, South Australia won a contract for the company Gupta to build subs in South Australia. And it's like when it's when things like that are presented in a way that it's going to be good for the economy, people's minds shift. Hasn't South become- Australia been trying to build subs for like since, since the 90s we've had various subs and no, 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 nothing's ever been finished? Well, I think yeah, Gupta's you know, I, just, I can remember going to visit a bloody sub when I was at primary school and you'd walk into it next to the 
What's that other ship down there, the Buffalo? I don't fucking know. As a, mm. a, a, like, I don't, we've been trying to build a, it's one of the great white hopes of, uh, it's like, it's like hoping that one day that we get the Grand Prix back in Adelaide. It's like, we've got the sub project. Well, it's <laughs> like, also, it feels so funny when that shit rocks up again and people start talking about uh, interrelations with different countries in Europe that don't give a fuck about us. But really what everyone's worried about is if they can stop drinking 44 standard drinks on a Saturday night and spend more time spend more time with their family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when if 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 a man's if a man's removed from his uh drinking habit, that's when people take to the streets. COVID was wow. a great example of that. Yeah, exactly. COVID. Well, you can't shut down the bottle of those. Fuck out. We're there. We need that. <laughs> and I was with them. And yeah, the, yeah, it's weird when the government talks about submarines. It's, it's such a long. Like, there's no way in hell that their their tenure will last the time to make the sub. This, this is like a America makes probably three to four submarines a year. Have been keep doing that. It's like a shitty place like Australia. How many are we realistically going to pop out? Yeah, our foreign policy is is it's all very tokenistic like if someone if one of the powers wants to invade us we're helpless really unless unless a big big brother comes along and so it's funny that well that's the thing in the same in the same news story you have talking about submarine you know submarine deals with countries that don't give a fuck about us and then it'll swap to koshi talking about port adelaide that's it. That's very much just that's yeah, that's that's and that's glance the Port Adelaide Football Club and Koshi gets more time on the news than um the war in Ukraine. I mean, and one thing that we Ben and I talked about a lot with the the lyrics and the vocals on this album is is about inhabiting characters. And some songs, and this one's a prime example, there were not there wasn't really a direct lyrical conceit rather there was the the character and it's a similar character to Mansfield it's a similar character to um waterfalls waterfalls there is and there's elements of all there's elements of so many things that either as a band we've found interesting or inspiring or even um just funny you know there's an element of bad boy we would like a lot of bad boy bubby in there because We'd been talking about that film a lot. There's elements of like a, a crazed De Niro, um, you know, a taxi driver type character. There's elements of the guy. There's elements of the 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 fat neck guy at the footy who's yelling out, abusing the umpire. There's elements of like the raving, the guy who's been awake for four days, raving at the unseen figures on on down at Hindley Street, and it's all to I think. We all relate to the there's something about all of those things together that we find interesting, but also, like you said, it's sort of emblematic. It can be quite emblematic of Australia. Um, sometimes in you know in madness in the in the in the in the in the rhetoric of a madman lies lies the ultimate truth that we're all fucked. Well, yeah, that, that it, <laughs> sometimes it, that we're all that there's that's there's a lot of not a lot of there's not a lot of shit holding this holding this junkard together. Contract killing, 
What's the line? What's the chorus line at the end? That's really cool. Riding the chore. That bit. Lock all the lock all the doors. Watering chaos. See you tomorrow. Love yeah. the lock all the doors. That's what I like to do. I did that today actually. I locked all the doors in my house, closed all the windows. Close the blinds. Where did you because I remember when you sent me the original demo and it was immediately like captivating. It actually sounded more like Joy Division because of the way that you recorded it. You shitty little studio <laughs> in a good way but where did that line come from and the the style i can't remember if you had vocals in the original demo yeah i did um it was i had this one particular period we, we were talking the other day about the, the the writing of the songs and i was a bit disorientated and i couldn't really think properly yeah, same. i had this one particular time where um actually the um there are a couple of records australian records it was the when pissed idiots came out um that a band that we like and um i'd had some involvement in doing the pre-pro for and i went for it was still fucking COVID. went for a long walk through the along the railway line into the bush and back and listened to the album and i came back and i just felt fully invigorated and i was like rock and roll it's australian rock and roll easy and i went up to the my little uh my shitty studio and with the loop pedal and um quite quickly spewed out a number of ideas which was like jack mansfield and this song i think the loops too and um yeah with this one it was it really was a there was something there was meant to be some i think in the the idea was a little bit, you know, that character in Wake and Fright, um, in Wake and Fright, there's this, come on, have a beer, mate. What's wrong with you? You know, yeah. there's this, there's that sinister thing of, of that's what, that's what I, when I was like, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Why not? That, it was, there was a sinister undertone. Um, some, there was a character there with it, the, and there was this sinister undertone to the, the rant. That sort of, you know, it was like a com- it was like a conversation at a bar. New to the yabba? Yes. Staying long? Yeah, just tonight. Oh, that's hard luck. Want to see a bit more of the yabba than that? But there was this sinister undertone to the yeah, see you tomorrow. One eye was like yeah, that thing, and which is yeah, I guess that ties in with everything we've been saying. There's there's these this. We've always been interested in the what lurks beneath the surface um, in Australian culture, um, and and yeah, there's these things which can be that sort of um, seem funny or flippant, or um, but then there's also yeah, lurking underneath that there's there's there's, there's things that are disturbing and dark. It's yeah, the talking in the yeah, the talking in the bar thing is so legitimate. That's what it feels like now to me the whole time. Yeah, that's and it was quite yeah, drunk, was and then there's the breaks, and you got time to time. He's back there again tomorrow, still yeah. maggot again, bringing up fucking random stories from the past, and that make absolutely no sense. Mixing it in with absolutely, well, I mean, yeah. rhetoric. You'd see that every night in your pub world. I mean, is that do you Always. see? And they do say they, a lot of them do say see you tomorrow. 
Let's and it's a particular, you know what I actually. <laughs> and I do see him tomorrow. The heart back to Saturday night. It's exact. That's a very Australian thing. It's like, and to fill to fill people in on Saturday night, we're about to leave, and a, this drunken lout comes and tries and gets in the van, and then he, at first it's a friendly, oh yeah, fellas. But as soon as, but there's also straight underneath that, there's this sort of threat of. Um, latent violence and aggression. So, and it's it's always very awkward as a as a sort of more sober person or someone who doesn't feel comfortable, perhaps with that full Australian alpha male thing, to know how to handle that because people kind of approach you in an almost aggressive way, but but they're it's but they're it's all but. The, it's under the guise of some sort of mateship or or blokiness, like yeah, fellas, how are you? But they're invading your space and doing something quite aggressive. And in this do situation, a, do you think that's a particularly Australian thing? Or I think that exists everywhere. But in, in I think in the way that we're yeah, in the way that we're sort of singing about it and what you're talking about with that story, it's very. It definitely doesn't exist in all cultures, but I but well, it's um it's. It's it in probably in Western Western male culture. It's a thing. This yeah, the braggadocio of the drunken loon, um, and and then the offence taken um, when those advances are sort of rebuffed. Um, you know, so like, well, fucking have a why would you have a fucking drink with me, mate? It's like, well, I'm, I don't want to. Oh, you know, and yeah. Yeah, it turns turns to anger pretty quick, doesn't it? And it's just coated in this like fake happiness. Yeah, fake friendship. One more question for you, either of you. How do you feel that Luscombe did on this song and Idge in terms of sound and capturing what you wanted out of the guitar tones and things like that? Well, the original um, recording had these two. It's the original recording had sort of. It was this one was a bit hard because it's a. It was a. It's not a exacting riff. It's quite difficult to play. So finding a line between um, keeping that rawness and spontaneity and getting us something that doesn't sound like rubbish. And to, to be honest, Luscombe and Edge were the masters at that throughout the album. Um, we are bad dreams isn't a isn't an exacting, precise, uh, musically adept band. Like some members do have those skills, and other members have them less so. But that it's defined by a certain raggedness. So, and in this song, it needed to. And like in many songs on the album, Lusky and Didge um, managed to find what I think is a fairly happy medium between the the raggedness and the and 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 getting things palatable to the the man of the ear of the everyman. It was not, never going to necessarily be a single either. No, some people didn't like the song. I can remember. Um, and originally there wasn't even originally I don't think there was even the chorus, it was just the one one riff round and round again, which was probably a little bit too much. But once we added that, I'm pretty sure we added the 
chorus bit in the studio or maybe when we made the demos and that. that uh, Lewis, I reckon. Lewis. Yeah. And then you played um, the Ebo, um, which I think is, which did was really good, um, adding you a little bit. I didn't think that at the time. I remember. No, I was fucking around, but, you know, actually I was just saying that to be nice. I think it's out of <laughs> It's not even in the mix. Okay. Yeah, that last the last line was done in the studio. That last chorus line. Locking yeah. The doors, blah blah blah. And did you play yeah. it on a? You played that on a Les Paul. I think that was the one time that Gibson got on the album. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, can't, I think it was because it needs to be quite. It's not really a. Well, the demo was definitely on on this Les Paul. Someone had lent me. Because it needs, it's it's not very, it's not a real single coil type of riff. Because it needs to be distorted enough. I mean, it needs to be sustained enough, and it, without going into distortion to get the right sustain to play the riff. Yeah, I think we unplugged all your pedals um, while you're doing this. Just yeah. ran through like one pedal. Yeah, I actually played it. <laughs> I knew it. I, I don't even know how to play guitar, so. Nah, but it was a real, you know, there's a real, there's a a real, it really, um, <laughs> it really rings my St. Mary's bells when we get, when Ben hits his straps, inhabiting the character of a Bad Dream song. And it goes from, I mean, that's where the, the, the magic dust comes in. And it's, it's, you don't know whether to be, when you're watching the vocal takes of, of Ben, you don't know whether to be, oh, my cat's in the sink. <laughs> you don't know whether to be disturbed for his mental health, scared for your own health, or, or you know, very amused. But all, And all three of those are usually a combination, but it's a, God, it's a great experience to watch that magic happen. I worry all the time about all three of those things. But the thing I love the most you just said, that really rings my St. Mary's bells. Yeah, some old guy in theatre the other day with the nurses were like painting. He's like, oh, you're nearly ringing the St. Mary's bells there. Apparently it's a euphemism for testicles. Oh, there we go. That fits into the, the, the themes of the song. I guess one thing we actually should touch on before we leave, just so we've got it, is the film clip made by Caius and Tyson. Yep. What are your thoughts on it? Because I was there for the, the film clip. Um, this was, again, Ben, very skilled. I've always said that he should should have signed up to uh, NIDA. Still not too late. I don't think he could be this generation generation's Heath Ledger. Um, and they sent through a treatment which really nailed it. And uh, interestingly, it shared sort of many of the images that we had in McLean Stevenson's clip for Mansfield. So it seemed to have good simpatico with what we'd already done. And then it was great because we didn't have to do it. We just sent Ben across with a $20 uh, Hungry Jack's voucher to Sydney and he came back and with a clip. What was it like over there? It was fantastic. Those guys are extremely talented, have great vision and taste. 
and it was yeah awesome to work with them. I'm on. Was there was there a point when you were floating above your own body, watching yourself act? <laughs> no, actually, it was, it was fucking funny on that scooter. That scooter, that <laughs> that guy was an extra that they just found online, and he was a fucking legend. And yeah, it was just very funny doing that. That that scooter, that mobility scooter scene. Very fun. It was one of those things you just like you knew it was going to look good when you were feeling it. Mm. So I guess that's, like, that's yeah. the equivalent of hovering over your own body watching yourself act, yeah. Mm. Um, but, yeah, they the guys, the, the whole crew, yeah, they nailed it. Everything was perfect. They did it. You were the, yeah, the scene with you watching, playing the pokies when it really seemed like uh, you've spent some time behind the old slappers. No. Um, no. Well, no. yeah, again, beautiful. Hey, you know what? You know what I was telling you? You took took me into the mind of a gambler. So Did they have a poker machine? No, it was like it was a it was an old poker machine, but it was had like lights inside that they'd put in there. Two thousand bucks, probably. Well, there's no power. Like they would have had to run, yeah, probably. I think it was just an old prop. But my old Robbie P, who's referenced in Naden, used to go to his house down the road. And his dad had a rest in peace. Had a outdoor office in his back shed, and they had, they had an old slots machine that used to be filled with twenty cent coins. It reminded me a lot of that, so I was trying to channel my uh, my nine year old self playing the slots at my friend Robbie P's house. It's not a great idea to have kids miming gambling at that age. It's also not a good idea to let kids um... hang out of your house. And you're out at your house if you don't have any. <laughs> very, very, very true. Uh, we got plenty. I remember that one. All right. I'm going to go. Have you, been, yeah, have you been slowly unbuttoning button by button your shirt during this? Yep. <laughs> oh, this is recording. Oh, is it recording the video too? Yeah, it does. All right. Good night. Love you. Good night. Love you all. Flat Earth. (laughs) (laughs) It's good.